0: Okay, tonight, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I don't have any, like, earth-shatteringly complicated points to make tonight. This is really an easy passage. Um, Let's read it together. So Jesus said this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this community here in this part of the world. And for all the things you're doing here, like in individual lives and in families, um, in this church, in this um, in this church that's experienced a lot of hard things, I think since we were here last, um, Father, thank you for your faithfulness, and we uh, we ask um, again tonight that you would that you would come, that you would send your Holy Spirit. That you would take your word and you'd press it a little deeper into our hearts um, even this evening. Uh, please help us. Please help me as I preach and help these friends as, as um, they listen and meet with you in this space. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know about you, sometimes I can become um, so familiar with a passage that I kind of lose the surprise of it and I, I think that's true for me that's been true for me with this passage um, but what what Jesus is saying here it's surprising um, if he had if if Jesus had pointed to himself here and he does in other places or scripture does and and said like if he were saying I am the light of the world like that's not surprising but that's not what he says here. He looks at he looks at his disciples and and this group of people in Matthew chapter five during this Sermon on the Mount, and and he says, um, you know, you are the light of the world. This wasn't a group of of influential people or earth like earth shakingly famous people or anything like that. They were nobodies. I don't think that. Anybody, when I think about this crowd, I don't think that anybody um, felt like they were special enough for the like the title, Light of the World. And yet according to Jesus, that's what they are. And these words from Jesus, like they don't just apply to this this first group of listeners. They apply to us today uh, who follow Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. And So we're the ones that Paul was talking about here in, in 2 Corinthians. The people that God has shown His light down into our hearts and this light that God's shone into us is the light that shines out of us into, into this world as we serve our families and, and communities and work at our jobs and I just wonder like how do you feel about that and have you thought about that maybe you, you, you don't think about yourself in these terms or or maybe you feel a little unworthy to be called the light of the world like you want to push away from that and if you feel that way, this sermon tonight is for you, and I just want to encourage you to receive what Jesus says, and even to wrestle with what that means for your life this week. Um, and so there are some assumptions, a couple of assumptions underneath what Jesus says, and I want to point out two of those today. The first of those is this, the, the world that we live in is dark, that's why light is needed. Light and darkness are these images that show up all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. At creation, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light during the Exodus, remember? God God led the people out of Egypt in this pillar of fire that lit their way and reminded them of his presence. And then throughout the whole Bible, God's glory, it's like this blinding, beautiful light against the backdrop of the spiritual darkness of this world. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I'm not going to read all of those verses, but it says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and in him was life. Life. And that life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't overcome it. And so ultimately God broke into the darkness, the spiritual darkness of this world by sending his own son. Isaiah said the people living in darkness, they've seen this great light. Jesus is the light. He still is. And he puts his light into his people and then he sends us out to break up the darkness. Okay, so when when most people think about Japan, they naturally think about the lights. So have you ever seen those, um, those nighttime satellite images of the earth from outer space? Like, I love these. So when you, when you look at these shots, like two things stand out, right? You can tell right away where the electricity is. And you can tell where all the people are. Right? Every big city is lit up from outer space. I looked for a good shot like this of Japan, but I can't find any. This is the one that looked like it would work on a slide. But when you look at Japan from outer space, the whole southeast coast is just blindingly bright. The lights of Tokyo, I've got a slide of that too, the lights of Tokyo are, are overwhelmingly beautiful. Like, talk about sensory overload. Every year, thousands of people climb to the top of Mount Fuji during the darkness, like you start the climb at at something like 2 a.m. and you get in a line of a thousand people going up the trail. And, and the idea is to be at the top of the crater to see the sunrise as it comes over the horizon. Japan's known as the land of the rising sun. It's a land of light, right? Beyond that, um, there's so much to admire about the country where our family lives it's it's a place of cutting-edge technology beautiful mountains the 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 northern mountains in japan are called the japanese alps because they 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 remind you so much of the the alps in switzerland they're snow-capped they're rugged they're they're breathtaking The cherry blossoms in the spring, guys. Like, has anybody seen them? They're all that, right? Like, spring in Japan, it's three months long, and it begins with the plums, and then the cherries just kind of break open all over the place. They're everywhere. Um, and then as the cherry blossoms start to fade the tulips and the azaleas start to bloom and then the dogwoods like it's just one thing after the after the other god just paints the country for months and shows off people in japanese people are warm they're polite customer service is is just off the chart you walk into 7-11 and it's like honorable sir how can i help you Like, what can I do to help you find the thing that you need? Like, talk about culture shock coming back to America right now. (laughs) Everything works. Trains run on time. Um, People keep the rules. We're such rule keepers in Japan. Like, at midnight, um, there's not a car on the street, and you come up to a crosswalk, and everybody's waiting on the don't walk sign to turn to walk. There's not a car on the road. We keep the rules. (laughs) All of those things are true. There's so much about Japan that's admirable and, and, and things that we could learn from the Japanese culture in America. And then there's this other face of Japan that you have to live there for a little while to start to really feel. But it's this place of deep, heavy, spiritual darkness if we could somehow fit a spiritual light detector to a satellite that was in orbit around earth and we could take pictures of countries like i think the pictures would look like that previous that previous slide like you would be able to see like places where there's a lot of spiritual light and then you would also see these places that are that are deeply dark and the light places guys would be light because a lot of Christians live in those places and the dark places would be dark it's not rocket science because there aren't Christians living in those places And if we could take that kind of photo, there would be light here in Chico. You would be able to see it from outer space because you guys are here. And you're not alone. There are other Christians, right? In this town, this isn't all there is. Praise God. And there would be light in Japan. There are believers in Japan. We're there. We have a lot of friends. But there aren't as many Christians in Japan relative to the population. Um, The Nagoya metro area where we live has nine and a half million people and something like one half of one percent of them profess faith in Jesus. Like statistics don't tell everything. But they do tell a story, and statistically, Japan's one of the two largest unreached people groups on planet Earth. People are surprised by that. Our city has about one church per 22,000 people. So I googled Chico. I don't know Chico, but I think Chico has about 100,000 people living here. So comparably, that would be like a city the size of Chico having four congregations. Right, And then imagine that three of those are are old and kind of ingrown and not interested in reaching anyone with the gospel. There are are over 1,800 small to medium-sized towns like from between 3,000 people and 50,000 people who have no church in Japan and have never had a church. There's never been a church witness there. So if darkness is the absence of light, if spiritual darkness is the the absence of spiritual light, guys, Japan is such a dark place. It's normal for um, for Gina and I to to meet Japanese people and we're the first Christian that they've ever had a conversation with. Um, Gina went across to have have, um, tea with one of our neighbors during our first term. And um, and the neighbor had this little children's, it was near Christmas, I guess, but she had this little children's Christmas storybook laying on her coffee table. And um, like that felt like a home, like a softball across home plate for a missionary. <laughs> she was like, what's that? And the lady said, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I've always won, I've always wondered. Maybe you can tell me. Like, who's the baby in this picture? Right? Let that. Let that settle for a moment. Like there's a Japanese lady in this first world country full of technology connected to the internet, all of that, who doesn't know who the baby in the manger is on the nativity scene. Like that's an exciting question for a missionary to get. It's a hard reality to process, right? Right? The land of the rising sun is a land without a lot of hope. Our friends say that. Suicide rates are really high. Families are really in trouble. Um, Marriages are in trouble. There aren't a lot of children. Um, Japanese people really are slaves to the hollow idols that they worship. I know that you can say that about friends in America like we're living in the same world, (laughs) okay? But there's something special about a place, maybe the opposite of special, about a place where that's happening and nobody even knows a Christian friend and hasn't ever had access to the gospel. For us, sometimes it's easy to feel like the darkness is too deep, too oppressive, or that our little light isn't enough. A lot of times we feel that way. Um, But there's this second assumption behind Jesus' words. The first is that that we do live in this dark world. The second is that God's people really are different. Ephesians 5 says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. (laughs) Walk as children of light. And so once again, Paul's saying something that's really similar to what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. But notice, Paul doesn't say, hey guys, I want you to try really hard to be the light of the world. He's not saying, like, if you're a good follower of of Christ, maybe if you try really hard, you'll be the light of the world. He says something more like this, "You, you used to be darkness. You're not anymore. Now you're light shine <laughs> right you have to work really hard to conceal light in a dark place if you're in a if you're in a dark room and somebody brings in a light everybody notices cities on hills are easy to see at night there was actually a city on a hill near the place where Jesus was giving this sermon maybe he was pointing at that city saying like hey guys at night you can see that that city really clearly it's easy you're like that too nobody lights a a lamp and puts it on a bushel or under a basket that defeats the whole purpose of lighting a lamp why would anybody do that lights are meant to shine out into the darkness They bring an end to darkness. Francis of Assisi said, all the darkness in the world can't extinguish the light of a single candle. Isn't that a great quote? The Lord has put the light of his gospel into us, and it'll come out. And we count on that in the darkness of Japan. There really is a Holy Spirit. He really is with us. The gospel really is the power of God for salvation. And so, so our presence in our communities, and I'm not just thinking about us, I'm thinking about us. Our presence in our communities, it really matters because he's with us. Sometimes I go on these backpacking trips up into the mountains in Japan. The Alps are tough. I choose things that are not quite so high. Um, But the darkness in the mountains can just be shocking at night. It's never dark in Nagoya. But up in the mountains, it gets so dark. And sometimes when I'm camping, I can feel really alone. And sometimes I can get a little anxious, a little afraid. Is it okay to say that? Um, But then I'll be, like I'll look out, and a lot of times I'll see a campfire or a light from another camper, and I remember, And, and comforted kind of in a strange way, even though they're far away. Like, oh, I'm not up here all by myself. There are other people up here with me. I think one of the big differences that we experience in America when we're home as compared to living in Japan is the presence of so many other believers in our lives and in our communities. I think think a lot of times we can get really hyper-focused on the things that make us different as Christians. And I know that some of those differences are really important. But the gospel is so available in our part of the world in the west i think most of you have christian friends who speak your language and are are walking with jesus and and as as you interact with them their light kind of sheds light on your life and and yours kind of sheds light on theirs but sometimes as Christians in Japan, we can sort of feel alone. And then I come to worship at 4 p.m. in Nagoya with our group, our little church community. And sometimes I look around and I think, "Ah, we're not alone in this darkness. We're together. We're, We're all together trying to be these lights in the darkness of Japan. You ever feel that way here? You're not in it alone. Sometimes I look around during worship in Nagoya, I stop singing and I just kind of let the words and the music and the moment wash over me. And I look around at these Japanese Christians praising God and these missionaries that we work with and expats and I think this little group of people they are God's gift to the city. It's so dark. And they have the light of Jesus. <laughs> Guys, thank you for helping us plant these like, these beacons of light all over Japan. Like in Nagoya and Toyama and outside of Tokyo and in Kyoto and up north in Aomori. Like there are... There are churches that weren't there 10 years ago, being led by Japanese leaders who love Jesus. All of this, as I've thought about it, I don't want it just to be a testimony about Japan. All of this applies to Northern California, too. Missions isn't a choice between over there and over here. It's a both and. And you guys are God's gift to the city. I know that sounds grand. It is grand. You're you're the living temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. He's with you every moment of every day. Like, think about that for a moment. Can you receive that? Like when you walk into a room, the, the Spirit of God is with you because he never leaves you. Where you go, he's with you. When, when you talk to a person or, or love your neighbors and serve your, your coworkers or care for your children, they're, they're experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit who is with you. They're they're seeing a glimpse of the true light of the world. Both in Japan and in in Chico, people all around us are looking to false dead gods who can't help them. They're being swallowed up by death and darkness. But we are friends of the darkness-destroying light of the world. And so don't hide the light that you've been given. I was thinking about the pandemic and how how during that time everybody, everyone was trying to stop what was inside of us from getting out and maybe infecting somebody else. You know? And so we like we wore masks and we washed our hands all the time and we tried to keep our distance from other people and stayed at home and tried to avoid interacting with other people because we might have something that would hurt them. Right? It was crazy. It seemed like loving other people sort of meant staying away from other people. At least that's how we were feeling in Nagoya. Maybe that's a good strategy for a pandemic. I don't know. It's a terrible strategy for people who are called the light of the world so we have, we have something that, that our friends should catch we have light for a dark world and, and loving others with the gospel it means moving toward them and you don't have to be an expert in the Bible to let your light shine before your neighbors what you do have to do is be near your neighbors and interacting with them And so friends, with us in Japan, would you you look at your sin? Would you be be wrestling with it and repenting and believing and hooking your faith back into Jesus every day? And, And as you do that, would you move toward others? And ask God to show you ways to love them and serve them. And the light of Jesus that's inside of you, it'll shine out. From you so my my clock says I'm out of time. Um, let me close with this um, with this one last picture that I have in my mind tonight. Um, I kind of I struggle a little bit with this thing called sad, seasonal affective disorder. It just means that, like when the days start getting shorter, like they are now. Like, um, like I struggle to stay happy um, and lose that fight a lot of times. Um, I know that about myself now, and so I can take some steps to, like, stay sane during the winter months, but 15 years ago, I didn't know that about myself, and so all I knew was, like, during the winter, I wanted to jump off a cliff or something, you know, um, and so I started seeing a counselor. And and I walked into this guy's office one day, and he had this lamp in the corner that was that was beautiful, and and we started talking, and I kept my eyes kept being drawn over to this lamp. I couldn't take them off of it, and so I'd look back at him. We'd talk for a little while, and then I'd look back, and I finally said, "Hey, let's. Can we stop for a minute? What is that?" And and he leaned back and he said, Jeremy, I have that on just for you. Like most people don't notice my lamp. People with sad, they notice the lamp because it simulate simulates sunlight. And and you need that. And I said, Doc, like that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And where do I get one? And he said he told me how to get one and he said, You should sit next to this lamp every day. And and You'll be better. And he was right. And I just want to say, guys, there are people in your lives, this won't be true of everybody in our lives, but there are going to be people in our lives, they're going to look at us and they're going to see the light of Jesus in us. And they're going to think that's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. And eventually they're going to say, what's that? And you get to tell them that thing that you see, like that's, that didn't come from me. And you can give them a reason for the hope that you have inside of you. And they'll glorify God and he'll bring them into the family. I don't know you, you don't know me very well. I think probably some of you today are living in darkness on some level, even Christians can to kind of start to lean into the darkness and to forget the good news, the gospel. And so, today, I want to I want to remind you that the the true light has come into the world. He really has. You don't have to live in darkness. And if 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 that's been if that's where you've been recently. Maybe this sermon can be a call back out into the light to repent and turn to Jesus and and even to sit in the light of his presence and ask him to to destroy the darkness in in your life and in your heart. But as we repent and believe and receive from him, let's also remember that the light that we've given it's not just that we've been given it's not just for us. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are also sending us out to shine in this dark world. A while ago the the we were lamenting and the band was leading us and we were singing how long O oh Lord how long O oh Lord and none of us knows. But friends, one day there won't be any need for light anymore we won't even need the sun or the moon because the Lord will be with us and he'll he'll will live in his light permanently because all of the darkness will be destroyed and like the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters covers the seas that's coming for now he's given us his light and he's sending us out into this dark world um Let's pray. Father, we we stand in your presence and we're so thankful that you loved us, that you loved this world enough to send your only son, the light, into the darkness. We don't deserve that. You're so generous. Father, thank you for sending um, your spirit into our lives again and again to bring light into our dark hearts. And Father, I pray for for these friends in Chico and for those in Nagoya as well who love you. Um, Father, would you, um, would you use us? And would you, Father, how long would you would you shed your light abroad in this city and in Nagoya and all over the world? Would you dispel the darkness and call your people to yourself? Would you use us in the process? In Jesus' name, amen.